Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by Big Five Publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And Accomplished Authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between, we're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Amy. We're here to talk about time to write. And as we normally do, we're going to start with our highs and lows for our week. And uh, anybody who follows the news and knows I'm in Arkansas can guess that my week has been a humdinger. We had tornadoes that hit here on Friday and we are safe and fine and my kids are safe and fine and my whole extended family is safe and fine. But it was definitely a, a real shakeup. It's always surprise. We haven't had a really bad one hit Little Rock since 99. So it's been a while since we're used to like this level of damage. So it was- And trauma. And trauma. trauma. And, yeah. yeah. And so- um. I will say for anybody who's listening anytime in April of 2023, there's a lot of people that have been really affected. There's a lot of people that are homeless. There are various donation organizations, but the need is is really huge, both here and in other parts of the state. And then my high is actually that I was completely reminded of the joy of going to the land of your imagination. So I'm nanoing the new book that I'm working on, which I'll tell you guys more about. I'll just start by saying it has Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Paris, and magic. But I actually did get some mostly kind of thinking about the world, but actually a little bit actually written and gotten a little bit even typed in to put towards my nano goals. So I was very excited because it was sort of that reminder that like we go to these places in our minds. We think about it as work and it is work, but we go to these places in our minds and it was really fun to be in another place. So Joyful, right? Joyful. Like there's Super just joy. joyful. Even yeah. though I'm in the thick of writing like the first beginning and my character is, you know, she's on a pretty low place. But it was just so imagining this other world has been just so fun. So that was really a treat. Love it. Love it. What about you, Amy Kelly? Hi, Lo. Okay. So I will say, well, what? I have several highs, actually. It's been a really great week. So first of all, I have two people who, and I may have talked about this in our last episode. I had one. Okay. So I talked with another person who has joined my beta group, which has been super exciting and they're both fabulous ladies. So I'm super excited to work with them. So that's a high. I got to go unexpectedly to the Taylor Swift concert in Arlington. Oh my goodness. I haven't heard about this yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. I am a huge, huge, huge Swifty, like unapologetically love her, love her, love her, like saying to every word of every song. It was a spectacular show. So I just felt very fortunate to be able to get to do that. We actually got tickets the same day. And so anyway, it was super fun. And then the big high, I would say, which is also the low, is that my daughter was home for the week, which was so great. I had so enjoyed having her here. She actually even did a little bit of work for the podcast that she's going to be continuing to do and finish for us to get some transcripts and stuff set up. So that was super fun. And then she went home, which would be the low on Sunday. She went home Sunday. So it was just a great week all in all and just, you know 
getting back into regular routine without my kid here. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Good week. Okay. So what we're going to talk about this week is calling yourself an author, actually saying the word author or a writer. Amy and I had this interesting thought about this as we were preparing for this episode. I, before I called myself a writer, had the same difficulty with writer and author, or I guess it was fiction writer that I struggled to say, because I worked as a newspaper reporter before, so I could say that I wrote things, but I had the same difficulty. Amy, I think you could get to writer before you could get to author. Right. Yeah, I definitely could. Because in my mind, a writer is a writer and an author is published, maybe. But I don't think that that's true anymore. And it's funny that you say that about you did write nonfiction. And I did too. I wrote curriculum a lot. Like I, I did that for the five years that I taught school. And so So yeah, there's just something, and I know there's another writing podcast out there that's actually really great as far as craft and technique and things. It's called Helping Writers Become Authors. So I think that maybe played into it as well, because again, I don't know that I agree with that distinction anymore. But even calling myself a writer, I remember many, many years ago where that was step one, and then now author is step two, which M has been key pushing hard in helping me own that identity. So thank you, Em. Sure. So we are super curious for you guys, if this is a problem that you're having, what sort of your blocks are about it or what your reasons for not finding that you can't are. For me, I really feel like that part of the biggest thing was when you start to say that, you get the inevitable question, well, what have you written? (laughs) which I think, especially when you're unpublished, can feel like an attack. I think the big thing to remember is that most people who are not writers find 99% of what we do to be like nearly magic. Like I remember when I was working in marketing for engineering firms and I would be taking things that a bunch of different people had written and moving them into one voice. Basically, I was writing proposals. So it was like taking 15 different sections and then making it look like one person wrote it. And people would come and they'd be like, engineers who I love. They'd be like, how (laughs) did you do this? And you realize like, oh, like a lot of times people are just trying to be supportive. They just want to be supportive. They just want to know, well, can I read it? So I think number one, the piece in our head to like realize how much of that Fear comes from like voices in our heads or voices from the nastiest person we ever dealt with. Because there are people who would be like, well, where can I read what you've written? But like, you guys, those are the people that if there's one point of this whole podcast is to get you to be able to be like, oh, I don't actually have to listen to that person. <laughs> right. Or, or really any of them. Like, I feel like I imagine like being in mountain pose. If you're, if you're somebody who does yoga, like mountain pose is just, it looks kind of like you're just standing there, but there's a lot of strength going on that you can't see in your muscles and in how you're holding yourself. And I feel like when I share that I'm a right, an author, (laughs) a writer, author, that it is beneficial to be in that pose because I don't really have to care what anybody thinks. I found the reaction for me, that is hard sometimes. And and I think em, you and I have talked about this before, where it's that kind of tilted puppy dog head. Like, what do you mean you're an author? Like, 
you write for fun? Like, what is that about? Like, right. you know, like, and that's the whole like creative life. I think artists and, you know, performers and all that probably get some of that too. But again, just being solid in, yeah, this is what I do. This is who I am. And I don't need anything from anybody else to give me validation or permission or, you know, whatever. Right. And so I think one of the things that Amy and I really wanted to sort of think about for this for you guys is coming to that place where you can say, you stand in your mountain clothes and say, I am an author. I am a writer. And you don't need to follow it with, but I only write fan fiction or, but I haven't been published or, but people don't like my poem. You could just like. Well, you can. Yes. And, and there's the word that I'm going to share is replace your but with your and. Like instead of I'm a writer and I write fanfic, I'm a writer and, you know. Actually, that's good advice. I think it has been for me for pretty much any time you would use the word, but right, (laughs) just just switch it with and. (laughs) Because I think the thing about it is, is that you don't have to take on anybody else's judgment about, especially a lot of times people actually have no idea what they're talking about. Like, We've talked about this on the social media. I always feel like I get this really weird reaction for people about making the TikToks where it's often like, oh, I could never do that. And, but they haven't even watched them. So it's like, and so I think let's say you write fan fiction or let's say you do slam poetry. Like I went as part of the Arkansas Literary Festival, there was a performance and there were several people there who are like masters at performed poetry. Which is something I didn't even know. I mean, I knew existed when I was in high school, but I didn't know still existed. There's a woman I met who's a working writer. She's getting paid. She writes poems for occasions like people's birthdays or their weddings. And she comes and performs them. Wow. She's paid for that. Wow. That's a writer or an author or a poet or, you know, whatever. And so I think, not needing to be tethered to conditions set by you or by someone else. Like, I think you're, you're an author first. Right. And I think where this is really important is what you're talking about. Like we'll kind of marry this conversation here to social media, because if you are building your fan base, then you want to be able to say, I am an author and put it out there. There's a huge world online. There's a huge community for all kinds of writers. In fact, you were talking about the performed poetry. I know for a fact that there's a huge online presence there for both poetry being performed, but also just written. So being able to own that identity will open up a whole world of community for you once you start being more active and putting yourself out there in social media. And I think the other piece about it is that's really important, which is something else we've talked about, is accepting critique, being critiqued, accepting growth in your craft, is when you can stand in that mountain pose of, I am already an author. I'm already a writer. When someone says, hey, this sentence was kind of wonky, or 
I felt like this section was pretty cliche. Perhaps you should look at this. I think Amy and I can both talk to you. When for either of us, and we both fully had this, if you are receiving critique when you're not coming from a place where you feel strongly about being an author already, Mm -hmm. it can feel like, oh, I just need to hang up my hat. I'm done. They just proved I'm not really a writer. Forget it. Surely, if this thing in the world does nothing else, having a published book out from a publisher tells you I am an author. And I bring things to Critique Group and Amy and our other critique partner, Kelly, go, oh, I didn't quite understand what you were saying here. Or that felt a little cliche. Like you're going to get that forever. There is no day that comes in your writer journey where somebody's like, oh, it's perfect. It sprung out of your head like Athena jumping out of Zeus's head and it's perfect. And I think we've all seen with writers who I'm not going to name, who are very famous, who stop getting edited for this reason and their writing gets way too long and worse. So I think for me, once I could claim being a writer, I could be critiqued. Once I could claim it, not saying it out loud, but claim it on the inside. I could take being critiqued in a completely different way because I could just be like, I'm just trying to be as clear as I can. And Well, and I think this is something we've talked about in a previous episode, which is you are not your books. Your mm-hmm. books are your work. You are not your work. And I think claiming your identity as an author is one really great step in the process of separating who you are from the work that you do. Because as an author, you have a lot of books in you, right? a lot of books. You're not going to run out of words to put on the page any more than you're going to run out of words to speak. So owning that identity is also going to help you separate from your work so that you can receive critique the way that you're talking about. And of course, there's always, as with everything, I feel like our whole thing is like this, but this, you know, you don't. I think there are some people where the identity of author becomes so big. This is the other side of it. It right. becomes so big and so much of themselves that they were like, oh, I don't really like it anymore. And I'd like to quit. That mm-hmm. is where you are. You probably aren't listening to this podcast right now. But that is another piece. Like author, it's also just a piece of your identity, right? It's not like I'm yes. only an author. I'm also mm-hmm. a Yeah, it's a both and. It's another place where and comes in really handy. (laughs) Really handy. (laughs) So um, let's think about what's the mindset. This is one of the things we talk about on this podcast. Like if you're ready to claim yourself as an author, as a writer, what's the mindset shift that we both find super useful on that? Okay, I think this is hysterical, but it totally fits. Like you are the boss of you. No one else is the boss of you. You are the boss of you. You have agency in this, so you can claim it. One of my hangups has been like, you're being too big for your britches. If you're from the South. Delusional. (laughs) He's delusional. Yes, but you are not. You are the boss of you. Right. right? And here's the biggest thing. This is from another podcast. We now mentioned two podcasts that we love. I talk always about Screenwriter's Life. Yeah. Screenwriters Live talks about it takes like if you want to be a person who makes shoes, like like a really makes shoes, like Italian leather handmade shoes, that takes a really long time to learn that. And it's shoes, but you're a shoemaker the whole time. So 
there, I'm sure there are voices inside your head and outside your head. They're saying that person is delusional. She's delusional. He's delusional. <laughs> What's he thinking? He's lost his mind. Every single person is bad first. Everyone, everyone. Sometimes you think that's not true, but I'm telling you, if you run into somebody where you're like, well, they, if you're sitting here in your head, and by the way, if you're sitting in your head arguing with me about this, like, take a deep breath. Like, why be so invested on why you can't have what you want? But if you have somebody you're like, they're 25 and they published their first book, odds are that they've been writing fan fiction since they were 12 or 13, or mm-hmm. they've been writing stories in their room, or they're like one of my kids in there, like an avid D&D player, and they've been writing all of those things are honing story. I mean, there's nothing like writing fan fiction to hone because people are out when they're out, right? So to hone like pacing, story, character. And so those are all the things that we work on. And I, this is me. This is me speaking for myself. I spent so long not learning those things because I was so stuck on the idea that I couldn't claim it until I was good at it. That's like holding a guitar and carrying it around and being like, I'll play it when I'm good at it. The only way you get good (laughs) at it is playing it. Practice, practice, practice. Well, and I will say this too, with the whole comparison game, like it is never going to get you anywhere. And even if that 25 year old has not been writing since they were 12, if they just picked up a pen when they were 20 and started writing and are published at 25, that has nothing to do with what you're doing. Right. Other than, hey, if they can do it, you can too. Right. You can too. So your mindset, you are the boss of you. What's a practical thing? I think that having an answer to what have you written is a really, really great idea to have. You can say, well, my work in progress is, or you can say what genre it is or whatever it is that you want to tell people. But I think really like thinking out what do you want to say in those situations and having that nailed down. And then I think the what's next, I'll jump ahead to that, would be practicing it. But we would say practice with your supermarket cashier versus your friends and family, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. Someone who you're not invested in how they respond to you. The other thing I would say, and this is something we have talked about a bunch, but like shifting to the marketing just for a quick moment. One of the things you can say in the answer to what have you written, you can say, I post sections of my work in progress on my Instagram. Oh, I love that one. Or Mm -hmm. on my website or on my, because the thing about it is the, Fear of being read, seen, published is so large for so many of us. It's super easy to focus on the sucky parts about starting off with a really low following. But the great part about starting off with a really low following is you're starting off with a really low following. Right, right. So one of the things you can do, like when you're thinking about starting your social media, if you have a character sketch, put it. On your Instagram, go to Canva, make a, pull a picture of your main character, do an Instagram post, and then do your character sketch underneath. Write a poem and make it look cool or or don't make it look cool. Just write the words on a page or, Mm -hmm. 
do a blog. I hear they're coming back or make a podcast where you read your work aloud. Like you can actually answer that question in a million super fun ways. Yes. That aren't shame based. Right. Or aren't you like scrambling to think of what you're going to say? And I love that idea of really just saying, Hey, you know what? You can go to my Instagram. You could go to my Facebook. You can go to my TikTok and look at what I've written. Yeah. Here's my handle. We are going to talk about this a bunch and I have been thinking about it a lot. And I think many of us have this idea and I for sure did that you get chosen, that there's a fairy godmother who shows up, you're at the soda fountain and, you know, somebody shows up and says, Darling, you know, you are the one, you know, and and like (laughs) they wave their magic powers. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, you got a agent, you got a book deal, you're in New York or whatever, pick a thing. And this is me watching, you know, being at this for kind of a while. What I see is no, people are building communities. They're starting literary magazines together. I mean, like some of the coolest things out there are things where two or three people not even necessarily in the same place, we're like, hey, you know what's missing right now is an anthology of queer vampire fiction. Why don't we put out a call to everybody we know, published and unpublished, who writes this, and we'll put it out there. And then the next thing you know, you know, I'm looking like, oh, look at this cool thing. No, no, some people got together and said, let's put on a play. Let's put on a show. Let's do this. So Instead of waiting to be chosen, the more you can be like, I'm an author. I'm a writer. You'll start meeting other people who are authors and writers. You'll start talking about what you write. You'll hear what they write. These are the building blocks of the whole thing. And it all starts with being willing to say, I'm an author and I want to be read. Yes. Yes. That is the other piece I feel like a lot of us have a lot of shame about is it feels like you're like, look at me in my shiny hot pants. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You have shiny hot pants. They're gorgeous. Well, and here's here's the other piece to this, I think, that has been my experience, not so much as being kind of the chosen one, but because I'm such an avid reader, and I know you are too, um, yeah. looking at authors kind of like rock star, movie star type people. Like these are like the elite of the elite. Like they walk the red carpets and they, and I think I had this picture in my mind of this is what an author looks like and this is their exciting life. And it's so false, obviously. And also going back to the presumptuous thing, like I wouldn't call myself a rock star. I wouldn't call myself a movie star, but I can call myself an author because I've gotten over that hump. But really kind of separating, okay, no, you know, yes, they might be famous stars, whatever. I mean, thinking, thinking like JK Rowling and Stephanie Meyer and Suzanne Collins and all those people, but they're just people like we are, like they drive their kids to school or at least ride with them in the limo right. or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And I think too, that just reminding yourself that there's all different varieties of yes. Yes. But I do think that this gets back to the whole baseline thing is like, can you stand in a claiming of worth for yourself to start? 
I am actually worthy of calling myself this thing that I admire. Yes. And then move from there. And then you grow from there. And then in the great part about it is, and this is the thing I love, is like, once you've claimed it, nobody can take it away. Nobody can come and say like, Emily, Amy, like publishing has done this, this, and this. You're not a writer anymore. No, I'm a writer. There's no nanny, nanny, boo-booing. No, we are writers. We drop, are writers. Drop the mic. Drop authors. the mic. Uh, authors. Author, uh, we are authors. We Amy are authors. Kelly, I for you to say, we I, are authors. We I, are authors. I, Amy Kelly. I, Amy Kelly, am an author. I, Amy Kelly, am an author. Exactly. <laughs> All the rest of you people, say it too. <laughs> say it loud in your car to the yes. moment. <laughs> All right. We are almost out of time. Yes, Amy yes. But book has either change your life in the past or you are reading right now? So I'm going to go to the past, but not the far past, just kind of the past where the point where it wasn't such an energy sucking thing to try to keep my children alive. <laughs> they were ambulatory and a little bit self-sufficient. And before that, like kind of during that baby period, I wasn't reading a whole lot. So I started reading, of course, Twilight was kind of like my gateway drug. But the other thing that I started reading, and I really love this author, but the series that I love most that I read, and this would have been kind of the early aughts, I guess, would be Jennifer L. Armentrout. And she has a series called the Lux series. I think that's like L-U-X-E. And it's just a really fun teen, you know, alien romance kind of series. I think there's like five or six books. The first one is called Obsidian and it was just fun, like just totally fun. And kind of that first toe in the water of I read it and thought, oh, wow, I can do this. Like I could do this because she was self-publishing, but then got, I think, but then got a publisher after right. you know, once she had written several. So there's that piece of it, but also looking at and this is true, I think, even with Stephanie Meyer, looking at you don't just write one book, you keep writing and you keep writing and you keep writing. And eventually people will find your previously published works and right. that kind of thing. So even if your first book isn't, you know, gangbusters, best, gang bestseller, whatever, you keep going because your body of work is what's going to draw people in. Right. A hundred percent. And I would say I'm in this really interesting place because I am for research for the project that I'm working on. I am rereading some Paris in the twenties books and thinking about them. And one of them is Movable Feast by Ernest Hemingway, which is super complicated. It was published posthumously. So in the sixties, and it was this memories of the twenties. So There's a lot about it. People have treated it like it's capital T truth. And then there's a lot about it that's really not. And Hemingway is a really complicated fixture. But the first time that I was introduced to that book, that world, all of it was when I was about, I think I I found Dorothy Parker when I was about 16 or 17. And then Hemingway, and then of course we read Great Gatsby in school, but Hemingway Fitzgerald, that whole world. I was introduced to it about probably 18 or 19. And it just felt like the possibility of a life that was built around art was so exciting to me. 
I feel like really looking back at like how much I can just remember sitting at college and like sitting outside and and I went to an Ivy League college, which was really weird. And I felt very much like I did not fit in there, but sitting on the green and reading a movable feast and just thinking about these people and this world and just the possibilities, I think really, it's interesting to revisit that with this project I'm working on now. So that has been really fun. Yeah, I'll be interested to talk to you once you've finished it, just to kind of see the nostalgia of it, but just what's changed for you yeah, with it. So That's much super has fun. Changed for me. Yeah. I, think, I think what's so interesting, and this gets back to what we were talking about in this podcast, is realizing how in some ways that book and that presentation was really a false trail for me because I think it set up this idea that like, again, you get chosen, that there's choosing as opposed to realizing like, no, people, the choosing, the chosen is what poisoned a lot of these people, I think. Yeah. Um, Which I feel like ties into what we've talked about today because you choose you. You You choose. You choose. You choose. And yeah. and when you do get, and this is a thing that you'll see again and again, both in writing from the past and the more that people get tethered to other people's judgment of their value, the further and further they get from, we talk a lot about the tuning fork. It's this idea, yeah. like, or Amy and I talk about the tuning fork yeah. in our, and Kelly, our Kelly, our other critique partner. But I'd love for everybody to think about a tuning fork. I don't know if you've ever heard one when it goes, you know, someone hits a tuning fork and it starts resonating and other things in your body, in your heart will resonate to that frequency. Like there's a feeling that you get when you're holding a tuning fork, that it's like resonating. And it like, I play the cello. So when you put it on the cello, it'll make, the, if you set the fork ringing on the cello, it'll make the whole cello vibrate. And of course you are too, because you're there with it. And so I just think the more that I can if I'm working on something, I can ask myself, does this come back to my tuning fork and my avatar? But like the right, the person I picked is the audience that I'm writing it for. But that's all part of the same. I'm not writing it for that person so they can critically evaluate it. No. I'm writing it for that person so that it sets that tuning fork off in them. Yes. And so the more you can do that, the easier it is to just not care, truly. Like, And I don't think I would have believed when I started writing that you really could get to a place where you really don't care what the people that aren't in your target audience think about what you do, but you guys can. It is possible. You can. You can. You You can. can. And embracing, I think that I'm not for everyone. That is okay. Yeah, that is totally fine. Yeah. All, All right. right. Thanks Woo-hoo. for joining us. <laughs> right. uh, we have a Patreon. We have yes. a Patreon. Yes, so, we do. Uh, all the links are on the, what's our website? We are at timetowritepodcast.com. So go check us out and you can follow us on all the socials and all the things. That's in the show notes here on wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can, I think they're live links now. You can actually click on them and go find us. And we can't wait to see you. Like drop us a line. Let us know what you think about the episode. Please let us know what you want us to talk about. 
Yes, for sure. Please tell us. We should say that at the beginning, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, people. See you next time. Thanks so much for being with us today. We love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at time to write podcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember your stories matter and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes, five minutes, you can do it. You can do it.